Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 263 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine. I got that, like, last week of school feel, you know, like you're about to go on summer vacation because (laughs) both of us are getting a much-deserved vacation next week. Both of us. Yes. You know, working hard all the time, you know, both uh, our day jobs and podcasts, and we deserve some time to unwind, I think. Unrelated, did you see a certain big box electronics retailer is going uh, completely digital by the end of 2024? Unrelated to any of this? <laughs> yeah, getting rid of all their physical media. Yeah, yeah. that'll save the company. <laughs> well, they tried one thing and that didn't work. <laughs> it was a big move, a big cost-cutting measure. Getting rid of that that dead weight, but uh, it's good to see that they're still struggling. No, no. So, uh, so yeah. Listen, I, I got a vacation coming up, but the last time that I took a vacation, which is like a year and a half ago, this time it was like a lot of coordinating stuff to make sure like everything is scheduled to go out on Longbox Heroes side, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is everything's scheduled and recorded, and you know we'll get into it. Of course, I think so. So. The the plan was uh, I was going to record something clandestinely that was going to go out like on all the feeds, right? Uh-huh. And then you're doing something for this feed, right? I'm doing something for off feed. You know, okay. it's up in the air where it's going to go. It's looking like it's just going to go on free Patreon at the moment. Okay. So then when Todd, because what Todd and I's plan was going to be was we were just going to do... Todd and Joe have issues, and I was going to put that in front of the clandestine thing that I was doing. Yeah, so you don't miss that week. Right. And then, you know, we're like, nah, you know, why don't we do what we're looking forward to? And, ah, we have time to read books. Like, we could read two books before we record in between Tuesday and Wednesday. And it's like, Uh, let's watch a couple episodes of Loki. Well, Todd, I was ready. Todd misunderstood when I said we'll do the two, and then they'll do the two. I yeah. need to be more clear sometimes. And again, Todd will never hear this, so he'll never know. Um, but he was very upset that he misunderstood me. But I'm like, well, I just it's done me. I need to be more clear. So we're like, all right, we'll, we'll do the low-key review. And then while we're recording the show, Keith Giffen dies. Yeah. So that ends up being like an hour, ten-minute show. <laughs> okay, so you guys already have the next long box and everything in, it- in the bank. It, and there's a Rob watch, there's news, there's everything, right? <laughs> it's a full-blown episode. It's a full-blown episode. It might go up on the Longbox uh, Patreon early, just because it's like, you know... Yeah, why not? Um, might already be scheduled, but who knows. And then, the other thing that I ended up recording late last night um, is just going to go up on the After Dark feed. And again, that's going to be like the After Dark episode. And... It's just, I'm going to be interested to see what other people's opinion of it, because it's maybe in the however many years of me doing podcasting, it's maybe the most self-serving thing I've ever done with my podcast. (laughs) Uh, It's just people calling in to say how much they love you. uh, No, no, no calls. Um it's a very niche podcaster that I'm a very big fan of. Okay. Um, well, I, I, you remember when a couple weeks ago, if you wa- oh yeah, you did because you got it spoiled on you. Uh, when I was on Tic Tac 90s, yo. Yeah. 
Thanks again to the person that uh, sent an email through the the website. <laughs> yes, JT, JT the Watcher. Thank you. Yeah, thanks um, for doing that for me. <laughs> but one of the hosts of the show, Cardiff Electric. I'm a big fan of his um his quirky uh his quirkiness online, right? Uh huh. So at the end of the show, I mentioned I'm like, oh hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast, and he goes like, oh well, you know, podcast. I go, well, I do a wrestling podcast and a comic book podcast. When I mentioned comic books, his eyes lit up, and he's like, oh, I have a a slabbed uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's what's the grade? Nine point six. Ah, all right, not nine point eight, but go ahead. Anyway, so I go, okay, well, I'm like, I can cover wrestling, I could cover comic books. And he's like an interesting character online and they're like that little online space that he's in. And again, it's very self-serving to me. Um, it was something that I wanted to do and just did my outlet for it after dark. It's kind of where it'll go. And as a tease, I will say this. OK, if you're like on the fence, like uh, I don't know what the hell Joe's up to. OK, mm-hmm. uh, so in this guy's like, I guess, teens, early 20s, um, he worked at a pharmacy that was near an airport and um, where he lives at just your regular standard run-of-the-mill pharmacy, you could get Tylenol 1s and 2s right over the counter. Okay. So he got to meet a lot of wrestlers in the <laughs> 90s because of that. <laughs> a lot of fanny packs were filled. Oh, night. he was filling them. <laughs> Because uh, okay. again, it, it was it was a pharmacy by the airport. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that should be interesting. So again, it'll be interesting. But like I said, I'll say this: very rarely do I do something just for me, and this one was just for me. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I definitely won't have you outdone in that aspect. But right. I I have some unique plans. Uh, one of which I had reached out to Ed about a project that I wanted to do with him, but uh, he left me on red, unfortunately. So I guess uh, if you're not Joe Sposto or the Stink Sheet or any wrestling guy... Do you want me to publicly shame Ed privately on the show? Or Wrestling Cheers or the Indie Wrestling Guy Patreon or any of their side projects or Stacey Silvers. I guess if you're not any of those people, uh, it's very hard to get a hold of Ed. But uh, yeah, by all means, publicly shame him. (laughs) Well, no, this is one of those things where I'm doing it privately, but I'm I'm do I'm sending him a message privately, but I'm oh, doing okay. it publicly on the show. Fair so enough. he's gonna get this message, and then in like three hours when he listens to the podcast, it'll all yeah. make sense. <laughs> uh, and but I will say so, even though my plan with Ed fell through. Uh, yeah. I've I've no faith in your shaming. Um, I do have something set in stone. I am planning this Tuesday to record the debut episode of Conversations with Adam. Mm. Uh, It will have a better title, but I just figured it'd be funny to call it that right now. Uh, And this person is uh should be an interesting listen i have uh, i have a lot of uh, a lot of questions written down i actually have it on paper joe you'll be proud of that not yes. in my notes app uh my paper uh not in the room or else i'd hit it for uh for uh to prove it but uh looking forward to that conversation i think this person and i have a lot in common Oh, uh, and we are polar opposites in many things as well. So, and, and you know who this person is, but I won't tell you who it is. And I think a lot of our listeners know who it is. Too. So you'd said we know who it is. Yeah. You said that they're not in the Patreon. 
They are not. Are the, they weren't in the Discord. Which the, is, they're not in the Discord. Yeah. And you said it's not Todd. It's not Todd. Okay. Todd's in the Discord. Hmm. Okay. I have an idea of who it is. Okay. It's somebody I've never podcasted with, either on any of our shows or guested on their shows. So if that throws... Uh, uh, and it is not who you just put in the Skype thing, although that's a pretty good idea. Maybe okay. <laughs> episode two. Okay. Just throwing right. it out there. Yeah. All right. But, Let's uh, get to this. Enough speculation about what's coming next week while we're on vacation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Let's get to this show that's in the here and the now. All right. Let's do it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Fired back from Ed. <laughs> so I'd message him and I said, Adam is hot about you, quote, leaving him on red. <laughs> to which Ed replied, he's wrong in all caps. I didn't even read it yet. So that's not being left on red. Well, he's on Twitter 750 times a day. You have to assume that he read a DM. No. I mean, no- Nobody has their thing set to be visible with the little red notification anymore, but... Right. <sighs> also, I I, I want to scrap my plans for Tuesday and just, just do a recording with the person you put in this message. <laughs> well, reach out to them. <laughs> uh, I might, I might, but definitely not scrapping my original plans. But Joe, this, uh, this day in history. All right, this day in history. So very rarely do we do something by a taping date. We typically do it by an air date, right? Yep, unless it's convenient for us for the story. Well, okay, so yes, but this is a very special situation. Because this is something that is taped on this day in wrestling history 31 years ago, Adam. Okay. We're all very old. (laughs) But it was at a primetime wrestling taping in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. That sounds up where Mr. Hitman defeated Ric Flair for the world title. Mm, Okay. Less than like six weeks from Brett or from Ric Flair beating Macho Man at a primetime wrestling TV taping for the world title. Now this does not air ever on TV. It ends up being released on one of the Coliseum Home video releases like a year later. Yeah, which made, I mean, it still (laughs) makes no sense to me now, but it made less sense to me like as an 11-year-old. Right. I know uh, the guys over on OVP joke around and say that this first reign of Brett, he was the Coliseum video champion because that's where (laughs) all of his defenses were. (laughs) Okay. But this is one of those weird things where like, the so the weekend syndication shows has a match where Bret Hart takes on Bo Beverly and loses? As champion? Like a non-title? He wasn't even the champion yet. Okay. It was was an episode of TV that had taped a month prior, and it was like the end of the taping cycle. So it was like the week four stuff was airing Saturday, Sunday, while they were filming the next four weeks of TV – and they made the decision to have Brett win the title, and they show the interview with Mean Gene of him winning the title Monday on Primetime Wrestling. All right. Makes and sense. they say, last night in Saskatoon, Brett won the title. 
But if you were watching the TV, you saw Brett lose to one half of the Beverly Brothers on TV, right? Yeah, they did not yet figure out that wrestling was a business at the time. Well, it was extraneous circumstances. The fall, like the 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 post fall going into the winter program, was supposed to be Ric Flair versus Ultimate Warrior for the world title. But Flair was injured. He had like that inner ear thing that they discuss, and mm-hmm. Warrior had just gotten popped for steroids. Okay. So, yeah, got to scurry, make a decision. Right. And they already had four weeks worth of tapings of him and Macho as the Ultimate Maniacs. And they air that up to the week before Survivor Series, and they do the hot shot angle on primetime where they turn Mr. Perfect Babyface. Okay, yep, big fan of that. Right, so all of this is because of this. Okay. I really don't think so. Why do you think he's adopting those tactics, Gorilla? Well, obviously doing a lot of damage and taking a lot of heart out of the champion. I think so, demoralizing him. But can you do that to a man with an ego like Flair has? Look at Flair, he's, he's stuck. He can't move. What is it? Well, I think perhaps his hip might have gone out on him, but now they're just exchanging right hands, and the challenger's got the best of it. As you say, sometimes, Gorilla, maybe the tank has gone empty on Flair. I don't think so. I think he's hurt, Alfred. He's perched up there now. Look out! Look the commentary is coming up! There's AI. Oh, yes! Get him off the air. I just look at this. Flair's getting up. And he's trying to detract the referee. But he did oh, he gave up. What's the point of Mr. Perfect interference? He's going to tap anyways. I don't know. But again, such a crazy moment. Like, Bret Hart just, like, beats the shit out of Ric Flair clean. Yeah. You know? Like, you almost expect to have some kind of screwy finish so that if they wanted to change their mind, they could say, like, oh, well, actually, you know, his foot was under the ropes or something like that. You know, like every house show title change ever that they they do a dusty finish on. Yeah. So it was just like this was like the beginning of the new generation. There's all sorts of rumors and nothing is confirmed. You know, that this was, like, because the steroid trial stuff, they wanted to go away from someone who was, like, a gassed-up freak, like a warrior or someone like that. Not to say that warrior was gassed up at this time. He was, like, more lean muscle, if you will. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is Mr. Hitman's first run. Like, this is a big deal, you know? As yeah. a as a Bret Hart fan, um, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are probably in that same boat. But if you were watching wrestling, whether you started, you know, in the mid-80s or the late-80s with the babyface turn, like in 88, 89, then you get the singles run with the Intercontinental title, and you get the match uh, at Mania uh, earlier that year with uh, Piper, and, like, it felt like Brett was on the rise. So any point prior to this, there was, like, weird start-and-stop stuff. I mentioned the Blake-Beverly match. But, like, if you'd been watching WWF for this point for, like, a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, 
And, like, even if Brett wasn't your guy, like, you were watching a guy literally rising through the ranks of the World Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. That might have been the first time I've ever seen that footage. Really? Yeah. I mean, because I didn't have the tape, you know? And uh, if it was on, like, a WWE DVD or something like that, like a Bret Hart DVD, maybe I saw it, but I just don't remember right. it. But I will just say, I mean, Bret Hart wins his first world title at a house show on a Coliseum home video. Shawn Michaels wins his first world title. Most memorable Iron Match ever at WrestleMania, the showcase of the Immortals. I mean, one of these things is better than the other, Joe. Yeah, well, he didn't say it was a good match, but again, <laughs> very memorable. memorable. Yeah, and, it, and it worked out so well for Shawn, right? I mean, he went on to win multiple titles, didn't get his head kicked in by Goldberg. I'm sorry, by Bill Goldberg, you know, didn't get a Simpsons appearance. So Brett's got that. That's right. He doesn't have a Simpsons action figure either. So I know I will just say uh, also uh, unrelated. Ed got back to me just now. Oh, good. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to look at the message because I'm focusing on the podcast and the Chiefs game and I can only do two things at once. There you go. Um, so this day, wrestling history, 25 years ago, head-to-head Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. Um, again, Nitro is what it is, you know. Um, uh, they're they're built like so. They on Nitro they do a Raven versus Chris Jericho match, which is odd because it's heel versus heel, and then they run it back uh, like a week or two later at Halloween Havoc. But at the very least, like, this is the beginnings of some great TV for Raven coming up here shortly. Okay. Plus, Jericho's kind of getting some babyface reactions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Goldberg gets his 150th win. Oh, good for him. As a countout over the Giant. <laughs> the Giant. All right. Uh, the main event of Nitro was uh, Bret Hart and Hollywood Hulk Hogan teaming up. To take on Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. No. <laughs> in, in a match that goes six minutes with a disqualification. I'm surprised it went six minutes, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's a tag would, match. If it was singles, it would be three minutes. Yeah. But I would say the biggest thing that happened on this Nitro was for weeks, whenever Rick Steiner would come out to the ring, there would be an ominous laughter that would haunt him. Sometimes Rick Steiner would acknowledge it, and sometimes he wouldn't. Well, this time we get the big reveal of who's been behind tormenting Rick Steiner for all these weeks. Now, bear in mind, he's currently in a feud with Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Okay, so he's a face. I don't, Gene. You know, my brother, he's brought this on himself. This has been coming for a long, long time, Gene. (laughs) We get the fall. What? What the devil? What is that? <laughs> Wait a minute. Take a look. Get that dummy out of here. We're trying to conduct an interview. It's dummy. <laughs> Shut him up, please. Give it a rest. Get that dummy out here. What? Hey, Wait a cue ball. Who you calling a dummy? You're standing there with the genetic throwback who barks at the moon. I'm doing love scenes with Jennifer Tilly. Mm, you're kind of powers. Me a dummy. <laughs> Say it again. 
Yeah. All right, so Jennifer Tilly, I'm just going to pause the clip there. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Tilly's been on about a 35-year height of powers run. <laughs> well, once you start playing poker professionally and stop being in horror movies, I feel like that was uh, a step down, at least career choice. Well, she had, she had all of Sam Simon's money, at that, so <laughs> she could afford to do that. Fair enough. <laughs> we call you. You're a dummy. Hey, what's the matter? For a guy who never shuts up, you sure don't have much to say, mean Gene. Well, uh, just just a second here, uh, uh, Chucky. Shut the hell up! I didn't come here to talk to you anyway. I came here to talk to that idiot standing next to you. Wait, hey, hey! Bring your raggedy rear end down here! You got something like to say that, to me? Wouldn't you, Ricky? Great timing. <laughs> You've been mm-hmm. playing with dolls all your life. At least that's what your mother tells me. What's wrong with that? I'm not your type. You need a kinder, gentler, dumber doll. Me? Broski I'd doll? show you what it's like to get your head <laughs> twisted off, your arms and legs bent and broken, and when I'm done with you, I'd let the dogs chew on you like some old shoe. How would you like that, Ricky? You got something to say? Say, if you ain't got nothing to say, get the heck out of here! I'm here to tell everyone that if they want to see a real pro at work, they should go and see my new movie, Bride of Chucky, opening October 16th. (laughs) And I want to give you some advice, Ricky. Don't mess with Scott. You see, what I really want to do is direct. And Scott's the lead in my next project. So if you mess with Scott, you're messing with me and my Academy Award. And Chucky's going to get more than lucky, Ricky. Chucky's going to get even. That's <laughs> insanity. That's lunacy. <laughs> what are they trying to do, Gene? Ooh, what is my brother behind all this? What are they trying to do? I don't know what to tell you, Rick. We're out of here. Let's get out of here, Gene. Chucky makes a, a startling appearance. It's obvious now where that laugh's been coming from for quite a while. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> what a goddamn mess Nitro is at this time. Uh, I mean, to be fair, WWE <laughs> does the same thing now with like video, like movie placements. I mean, Vince McMahon brought an egg out on stage. And, that's true. You know, I don't think that's any less like credible than this. Well, I think we've and and listen, you know, WWE or AEW did uh, the Shazam two tie-in where the the All Atlantic title got leveled up to the international title, and again, maybe we hand wave it because it involved OC and Double J, right? Yeah, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, that's championship, but. No, I get it. And I, I go to indie shows all the time that have Freddy with the, the neck flaps out. You know? That's right. At From least twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was one of those things where it was like weeks and weeks, the laughter was there, and it was all to promote Bride of Chucky. They tie they throw in some loose thing of Chucky says he's gonna direct a movie and Scott's gonna be the star of it. I think Scott never mentions this, and this just never gets mentioned again. <laughs> Well, Scott was busy learning his lines. That's true. That's true. <laughs> now, uh. over on the other channel for the World Wrestling Entertainment, um, you know, we, we had such a big hit a couple of weeks ago 
when Austin came in on the uh, Zamboni and attacked Mr. McMahon. Well, Mr. McMahon showed up at the building tonight in his prized Corvette. Let's hope nothing bad happens to it. <laughs> oh, there. Wait a minute. That's... I knew it! Terry's going to try to drive it right in here. Get ready to run. He'll run over us. Wait a minute. That's... Hey, wait a minute. Don't run over Mr. McMahon. Oh, I don't think he's... It doesn't look like he's going to run over it. Wait a minute. Oh, my <laughs> God. On. I don't believe this. You can't do that. I do not believe this, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. McMahon! Mr. McMahon! That's one of the Corvettes in Mr. McMahon's collection. Oh, that's a $50,000 car! Woo! They are! Yeah! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Austin is loading McMahon's car with cement! Here comes one of my favorite moments. Watch. Oh. It's being destroyed. That's how you know it's not working. So it shoots in that. Oh. And it looks like oh Austin is Austin is headed our way. Somebody call the cops. Stone Cold is headed our way. The rattlesnake. Will he be here next? Nine one one. One of my biggest complaints whenever they ruin a car is, like, they establish that it's, like, the heel's favorite possession in, like, act one of an episode and it's destroyed by act three. Like, if it's their favorite thing, like, let them have it for a couple weeks. You know, establish it before you destroy it. It's like, remember when Randy Orton had his favorite car and then Kofi destroyed it later in the show? Mm -hmm. It's But... This is actually my follow-up question because I see you got something on the screen here. Like, was that like in this scenario and in any of these scenarios when they destroy a car? Are these like real cars that they just go and get like a husk of a car with like no engine and no, no? No. So in this instance, unless they got two of them, like I, I couldn't find the clip. And again, shout out to on this day in WWE uh, on on Twitter. But like Vin, they show Vince driving up to the building in it, right? Okay. And a lot of times they'll rent something. And get um, the insurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess um, the the WWE warehouse in Connecticut, it, it's back there and it has like vegetation growing in it, right? It was kind of just yeah. like abandoned in the back of the thing. But that's not all for Vince's Corvette tonight. Again, Vince comes out to survey the damage. And uh, there's somebody else who's there maybe trying to curry Vince's favor uh, in all of this. All right. Oh, my. It's completely destroyed. We can get a shovel for that man. Finish. I've seen more Smith, Vince, you should be able to salvage something. Nick. I've seen <laughs> <laughs> And the sock just came from Mark Henry's mouth. Let me see if I get the keys. The briefcase, man. See if he can get the briefcase. Mankind, get his briefcase out of there. Mankind's looking for the keys or the briefcase. What are the keys going to do? I don't know. Mick's just somewhere else. Bless his heart. 
Don't give it another try. Don't, man. <laughs> Just leave the damn thing alone. Now, again, some of these clips might be out of order, but Mick mentioned he had just come from a match earlier that night. Mick takes on Mark Henry. And uh, notice if you notice anything different on uh, how Mick gets to his uh, now signature maneuver. Okay. Here to the Coliseum, and Mr. McMahon awaits. What's going to go down when Austin gets here? And a double DDT. And kind. What's he doing here, King? Reaching into his shoe? Man, kind of taking that shoe off. Oh, he's thinking off. off his foot. Ankle may be broken. What's he got? He's got athlete's foot up it. Oh, that'd be the only thing athletic about him, his feet. Well, Mr. Mr. Sarko. Why do I not remember this? Mr. Sarko. Oh, no. And it, it may be a prelude. It no. may be. Yes, it is. Mr. Sokol. Oh, come on. Here is your winner. Still has the lullaby class. Yep. And there's that famous shot there of, like, Mick. Just not right. Doing the, the puppeteering with the uh, sock, you know. Right down yeah. the goal of Mark Henry. Look at survive that. How long before he gets the car crash music? Oh, we're still a couple. Oh, man. We're a couple weeks away from that. Okay. Well, again, mankind is scheduled to be Ken Shamrock. So. Um, depending on who you believe, um, so the idea, of course, is, you know, it's a sock, so it should come off your foot, right? Mm-hmm. So Mick is like, well, okay, we'll try it out once, but, like, what if I'm fumbling? What if I can't get to my shoe? What if I can't whatever? So they pivot to him just pulling it out of his tights, right? The following yeah, week. Or what if, like, it doesn't work and I have to keep wrestling? Am I going to be not have a boot on? Yeah. So there, there's that idea. And then the other thought is that the only time that he ever does this where he actually takes his actual smelly, stinky sweat sock off and put it in someone's mouth was on Mark Henry, who was someone who was still being ribbed heavily by <laughs> the WWE roster. So. Yeah. I think the truth falls somewhere in between. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I have no memory of that, but you oh know. no, I, I just again. Mick talks about it in his book, um, and again, obviously, me being a, a Mick Foley guy, like vividly remember him doing it as the shoe, like taking the shoe off to get to it, and then a week later, he's just pulling out of his tights. Yeah. All right. Any other clips? Is that it? No, that's it, man. Like I said, you had the Brett stuff. Head-to-head, there wasn't really much to collect. Jericho had a match, but he didn't have a promo, you know. Um, But that's it. That's all I got for history stuff. What would you like to uh, talk about from this last week in wrestling? Uh, I'll change it up and let you go first. Oh, I appreciate it. it, You letting me go first, unfortunately, I might be stealing one of your things on this. But obviously, Dynamite Title Tuesday, the only show worth watching on Tuesday. <laughs> I watched I watched the pre-show, uh, which I was not expecting there to be a pre-show for just a regular episode of Dynamite, but that was awesome with uh, Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, but as far as the main show, they announced that Moxley was not cleared to compete against Ray Phoenix. And 
I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. Ray Phoenix is going to be champ for another couple weeks. He doesn't deserve it, whatever. That's Mox's belt. But then they have the bit backstage where Hook and OC show up, and Hook says to to Tony Khan, you know, Orange Cassidy never got his rematch. He should get the match. And Tony Khan's like, well, what do you think, Orange Cassidy? Do you want the match? And he's like, oh, whatever. Well, if you don't want it, no, 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 I want it. I want it, which was an awesome little bit. Uh, and then they had their match, and Orange Cassidy won the belt back, which maybe that was the plan to have him get it back from Moxley down the road, which would have been awesome. But I'll take what I can get. Orange Cassidy, the second, uh, his second, his two-time international champion, very happy to see it. And, you know, in this day in wrestling history, we don't do too, too much modern stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but one year ago today on Dynamite, is when OC beat Pac for the, at the time, All-Atlantic title. See, I I knew that. That's why I started things with Orange Cassidy. (laughs) Now, I'll say this, you know, obviously injuries notwithstanding, Mox getting injured, uh, Fenix getting injured, whatever. um, It it definitely felt as though the plan that was in place, because, you know, obviously after the pay-per-view, OC comes out. Uh, cuts the promo to start that dynamite. He leaves. Blackpool Combat Club comes out, and OC like stares longingly at Mox. If I'm putting together the pieces yeah. that are there, it, it certainly felt as though the plan was going to be Mox was going to keep the title. Him and OC were going to do a rematch at full gear, and then we're like OC was going to get the belt back, right? Mm-hmm. I feel we're going to still get to that same position where we're going to get the Mox OC rematch at full gear if Mox is cleared and OC is going to get his win and retain the title. Yeah. It's hopefully. just, yeah, like the end point is the same. It just had to take some twists and turns with injuries in between there, you know? Yeah. Because Ray Phoenix is hurt too from uh, the pay per view, right? Yeah, allegedly. And then some, and again, you have to be careful. Um, some news with a Z and paid blue checkmark places are claiming that there was like visa issues that he couldn't travel um, with whatever the upcoming stretch is leading up to full gear. Because I think we still got like five weeks of TV before the next pay-per-view. So who knows? Whatever it is, OC is the champ again, and that's the most important thing, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I-, I guess we can kind of piggyback off this. You had mentioned about... Um, getting the Eddie Kingston uh, Suzuki match on whatever the buy-in, the half-hour freebie that was on YouTube. Um, but we got a bit there, and we got a bit on Rampage this past week where Jay Lethal, a lot of people are gunning for the Ring of Honor title, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Ethan Page is currently gunning for the Ring of Honor title on Ring of, Ring of Honor TV proper. Uh, as we record this, he just defeated Glory Hound Daniels en route to a winning streak and a title match against Eddie. Okay. Jay Lethal wants a shot as a former Ring of Honor champion himself, but Jay Lethal hasn't been coming to Eddie to ask for the shot. It's been like the rest of the crew. So within the last week, we've gotten two times on AEW TV where Eddie Kingston and Double J have shared the same space. How did you handle it? <laughs> uh, so 
You're okay, that, so, so, that picture of uh, Randy Marsh from uh, South Park. <laughs> so uh, it was tipped off. It wasn't tipped off to me. It was just said like, hey, something big happens on Rampage this week. And I'm like, I always avoid the spoilers. I don't want to know what happens. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not a match. It's a backstage. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm watching Rampage anyway, right? Yeah. And then it's Eddie. And then the whole crony crew comes in. And I think I might have even sent the clip to you with a timestamp, like saying, like, please use this as a show image. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, it's not, but <laughs> it's not. Um, but yeah, listen, if en route to them doing Eddie versus Jay Lethal, say it like full gear or something, we get Eddie versus Double J. And have their paths never crossed? Never. Okay, I was just curious with, like, you know, TNA or Indies or anything like that. No, when Eddie had his run in TNA, Jeff was, like, long gone by then. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, uh, listen, you know, I know what they're building, too. Uh, I just want that block of Eddie versus Double J on TV somewhere. Can I get an Eddie versus Satnam Singh as well? I'd be okay with that, too. All right, cool. (laughs) So I see a, the back fist where he has to reach up high and get it. You know, he's <laughs> he's standing on the top rope. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be funny. All right, no, I'm here for it. I'm here for it as long as uh, Jay Lethal. I'm sorry, as long as Jeff Jarrett doesn't win the Ring of Honor title. You know, yeah. I know with you not being as loyal to Eddie Kingston as I am, you'd oh, be like, right. I'd be okay with it if Jeff Jarrett won. If anybody's going to beat Eddie Kingston, it might as well be Jeff Jarrett. You know, that's your mindset. We're, so. We're, so we're talking about it right now. There's no match graphic. There's no nothing, right? Yeah. Eddie should win, right? Yes, he should, Joe. And don't make a case to the contrary. But I don't know. I'm going to see a match graphic where it's Double J and Eddie Kingston. And I'll be like... I think Eddie would be okay to lose into double check. Somebody talk to him. Tell him it's not okay. All right. All right. Uh, My next thing, Joe, and, you know, we talk a lot about AEW because obviously I say all the time, AEW is my preferred national television product. I don't watch WWE anymore. And, you know, in addition to great wrestling from your Eddie Kingston's and your Orange Cassidy's, you also get a ton of funny stuff in AEW. You know, whether it's the uh, the Brochacho stuff with Adam Cole and MJF or the timeless Tony Storm or just Roddy saying, Adam, Adam. Well, you know what? WWE saw that, Joe. And this week they're like, you know what? We're not going to be outdone. We're going to give you the funniest possible thing ever and put it on your television. And, Joe, they delivered because I saw on Twitter, because I didn't watch the show, but I saw the debut vignette of Lexus King, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed probably harder than I've laughed in a long time, Joe. Joe, did you see his beard? Like, holy Did shit, you, his beard this is ridiculous. And his hairline. Like, his weird, the weird side hairline. Yeah, it like, makes no sense. I get, like, I get it. I don't have hair anymore and I shouldn't say anything. But if that was my choice for having hair, I'd just, I'd, I'd stay with the baldness. Like, he looks like mystery. You remember the pickup artist? Like, he's on his way to a bar to neg a woman. Like, that's what he looks like right now. And, like... If you want to dissect the promo, he's talking about, like, I never really met my father. He died when he's four, when I was four. 
and he was a terrible dad too. Like, all right, well, you were four. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but like, I think the whole thing is stupid, obviously, because it's like he already, as you would say, he ate his second bunny. Oh, uh, he's, he's got nothing left. WWE in their infinite wisdom, whether it be Curtis Axel or Braun Breaker or now this, just say, hey, there's no marketability in using a second generation name anymore. And I will say at the end of this, though, I am thankful because when I tell people that Brian Pillman is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, I won't have to clarify like that it's senior <laughs> after I get like an awkward look. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy about that. But I thought the whole thing was just really, really funny. His acting was very bad. Yeah. Um, so many people were just picking it apart. Obviously, the beard, the hairline, all of it. He doesn't want to be associated with his dad. He has a hairstyle very similar to the hairstyle that his dad had at many points in his career in the late 80s, early 90s. He's wearing, like, the Bengals-style shirt, you know, like he's wearing something that his dad would wear. So he's yeah, looking and very- I will say, like, he got rid of the mullet. He grew out his hair. If he didn't have that weird beard and, like whatever's going on underneath the hair it, i'd be like i get it might not be in style but me being like a kid of the 90s i would have been like yeah he looks badass you know if he didn't have the stupid like hulk hogan die job on everything but and i'll i'll, I'll go into his matches with an open mind but um I, I don't know how long brian pillman's been wrestling for i'm going to generously say that he's been wrestling for about five or six years mm-hmm. and he's never been good um I've heard multiple stories of him being not a good person outside of the ring. Um, And as you mentioned, he already ate his second bunny. Do you think (laughs) the name change is like attempting to get a loophole? It's like, sure, (laughs) Brian Pillman Jr. ate both of his bunnies, but Lexus King has his brand new bunny, right? You know? Yeah, it's like Brian Pillman Jr. is a terrible wrestler who's been around for five years, but Lexus King, let's see what this kid's got going for Uh him, you know? (laughs) I, I have a feeling that this is a gimmick that is not going to make it out of NXT, and he'll be lucky if he is a featured character who wins it by the end of 2023 i I give this i give this whole thing a shelf life of less than two months but i feel like the bar of the whatever the heck the current nxt is is very low so yeah you know he could be like in the north american title picture within a couple months is that anything I don't like. I don't know. Like, I'm not disparaging any of the wrestlers that are like currently in the title mix. I just don't know anymore. It's not like this is the the Balor Samoa Joe Gargano era of, of NXT. You know, it's 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 basically two point glow, but with like the colors changed back. Yeah. Well, good for Brian Pillman Jr. I'm glad he has a job. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad they believe in him. I'm glad they're giving him a push. Maybe they're seeing something. And listen, I, I'll come on here and I'll be proven wrong. You know, that's the best case scenario out of this. But the even but better like, the even better case scenario is he fumble fucks on the first night out and he's never seen again. But it's like, if you're WWE, like, are you not watching his matches? Like, did somebody just tell you that, hey, this guy's good? And you're like, all right, I believe you. And then let's give him a contract. So it's like, all right, if he's not a great wrestler, maybe they're no. like, okay, we can fix it. 
you know, we'll, we'll send them down to, to, to NXT. We'll retrain them, whatever, because we see an asset in him. And the asset in him is the fact that he's Brian Pillman's kid. And then you decide short of a couple of vignettes where we're going to show the clips, then we're just going to throw that away. At least that's what it looks like. And, and like that asset that you purchased, you're not going to use anymore. You know, so now you just have a, a mediocre at best wrestler who's not a second generation talent because you're not going to acknowledge it. So it's just like he's a guy with a weird beard. Makes no right. sense. Uh, I'll it, say this. When they, they announced the in-ring debut of Lexus King, I'll be watching. I mean, honestly, I probably will, too. Just right. Uh, he's going to be like, I'm nothing like my dad. He's going to come out in the bangles trunks. <laughs> you know, uh, he's going to have uh, the sunglasses with like the, 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 the one that flops down, like the, the covers, you know, the, the Brian Myers sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's going to have those, maybe a leather vest, a T-shirt with the nipples cut out. Nothing like my dad at all. No. So, uh, you know, we're talking about WWE. And it's been a week for someone, and it's one of those things where I, I mentioned a couple of weeks in the show that I see like a lot of the people on my timeline talking about like how they're on board for you know where this character is positioned on TV and analyzing and all that other stuff. And what I did was I looked at the live event schedule that's coming up up until like let's say Royal Rumble that WWE has announced, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a Raw in the middle of November that's in Washington, D.C. I say that's close. There's a live event, a house show, whatever they call them these days, the day after Christmas in Baltimore, Maryland. And I say that's close enough, right? Because, again, you want to pop the territory. You want to do something different. You want to do, we're talking about the thing we, we showed before from 31 years ago with Mr. Hitman beating Ric Flair. You want to turn some heads. You want to strike while the iron's hot. It's the guy's hometown. It's the day after Christmas. Everyone's going to be there because people get WWE tickets for, for for the holidays. At that house show, you do Roman Reigns dropping the title. And then Roman wins it back on that SmackDown. Um, but you do it something special. You do it something different. Like, I, I was just looking at that schedule seeing, like, is there a Baltimore or DC SmackDown between now and Mania? And there's not. It's a Raw. And, and listen, I know he's from Hollywood, California. Okay. <laughs> we know where LA Knight's really from. He's from the metropolis of Hagerstown, Maryland. <laughs> Where they have a Hollywood Walk of Fame where it's just his star three times. (laughs) And this was his weekend, man. He main events, granted it's a B pay-per-view, but it's a pay-per-view with John Cena. They win over the bloodline. Uh, Reports from people there saying outside of the Cody, uh, Jey Uso title win. This was the biggest reaction on the whole show. His merch sells out at the building. They debut live there, the L.A. Night sunglasses. Those sell out. Uh, they just put out today the commemorative plaque for the L.A. Night match where it's, it's a piece of the ring with him and John Cena shaking hands. 
Oh, well, you know we'll what I mean? Like that during weekly purchases, I assume. No, I'm not going to. I'm not getting that. I'm not a maniac. <laughs> right. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I love this. And like, so then he's the special guest referee on NXT. He's one of the like, they're like, it's NXT. We're bringing in all the big names. John Cena is going to be here. Paul Heyman's going to be in someone's corner. The Undertaker's going to be here. Cody's going to be here. And LA Knight's going to be here. Okay. You can't get, you're not getting Roman to show up in NXT. Okay. Yeah. So Paul Heyman's the next best bet. John Cena, The Undertaker, Cody Rhodes, and LA Knight. Those are the big guns that they bring in to NXT to go head to head against AEW. Now, yeah, I'm not saying was, that LA Knight was number one on that list. I, I would it, say if it wasn't for LA Knight, NXT probably would have lost the night in ratings. I, I, I would, uh, again, there's no way of knowing that, <laughs> but I would have to say that that's probably true, right? Yeah, yeah. They advertised John Cena. They advertised uh, Undertaker. They advertised Paul. They advertised Cody. The advertise, you know, I think what it was, it was that shock factor where Cody comes out and mentions LA Knight. People are like, okay, we got to flip the channel. That's like that mankind win of the title moment that everyone wants to see, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. I love it that LA Knight is like so super over. It, it makes me feel so good, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm happy you're happy. I'm enjoying watching you enjoy watching uh, <laughs> LA Knight. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, all right. Did you watch any of the rest of NXT? No, no, goodness. Uh, I watched Cody's <laughs> opening. I watched Cody's opening promo picture in picture. Um, obviously, I didn't get, you know, I didn't go back and watch any of the other stuff because I have no attachment to any of it. Right. Yeah. Um, I saw the clips of Undertaker and Braun Breaker, and that was really about it. And like how Cody's uh, Cody's big announcement that he was making was uh, there's going to be a men's uh, breakout tournament. The Dusty Classic Tag Tournament's coming back. He's the GM for NXT for the night, and LA Knight's the special guest referee. Okay. That's so all I not, not worth going back and checking out, then. No. <sighs> all right. Well, that's all I got, Joe. I got one more, Adam. Oh, overtime. All right. Okay. And I'm going to preface this by saying, if you want to walk away, you want to wash your hands, you want to say, uh, you know what, I'll say this. The views I'm about to express do not encompass that of Adam, the show, soon-to-be-named network, anybody on the soon-to-be-named network, or otherwise, right? It's and I'll light, be first... Lights out take, which is unsanctioned. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to be a hot take. It's going to be an addressing of the reaction to the segment that was on AEW in regards to MJF and Juice Robinson, right? Mm. Um, obviously... People are pointing out very heavy anti-Semitic tones to the bit of the role of quarters, MJF telling the story months ago when he was a kid, the people would throw the quarters at him and say, pick it up, Jew boy. Um, people, uh, specifically when Juice holds up the role of quarters, it doesn't say Max, it doesn't say MJF, it says Friedman on it, so everyone knows that, you know... And Juice's character in wrestling, granted in Japan, a little bit in American TV, is that he uses the roll of quarters as, as, as you know, a, a gimmick finish as a heel, right? Mm -hmm. 
And when MJF cut the promo and then he mentioned it again, okay, it's coming up. But this is a very hot button issue whenever you bring any sort of anti-race or anti-religion or any sort of, you know, uh, anti-culture sort of thing into professional wrestling. And I have to mention tweets of other people, specifically Trevor Dame, again, someone who is smarter than he gives himself credit for, smarter than you and I when it comes to stuff like this. And he, he said, and I don't have all of his tweets here, but he essentially said an angle like this when done in the early 90s, 80s, 70s, or whatever, would put the heat on the heel. And you would want to see the baby face get his comeuppance. Um, today, we're all too smart, and we put the heat on the booker for putting an angle like this on TV. And it kind of takes away from the angle, and it takes the heat away from juice and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm going to say, uh, I, I am not of the Jewish faith. I am of no faith. I am me. I am a person. This is one person's opinion. Um, if you disagree with me, that's your thing. And I'm not saying the people that are offended by this are wrong because obviously you have every right to be offended by this. And I, I'm not saying the people that are saying, the people who are offended by this are overreacting because that's your opinion. This is my opinion. And the only thing that I could go by is, I don't know if you saw the tweet from MJF. Uh, I did not. Okay. It's a long one, but I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, and I'm going to take a break after the first line and then get into everything else. Okay. Mm. Uh, MJF says, Muhammad Hassan was portraying an evil Muslim terrorist. Now I just want to stop there only because there was dozens of people that were comparing this storyline to the Muhammad Hassan storyline saying on both sides, people were saying it's just as bad as this. The MJF juice Robinson stuff is just as bad as Muhammad Hassan. And then there's other people that are saying, how come y'all didn't react this way when it was an evil Muslim terrorist guy on TV? But the problem is, a lot of people weren't there. A lot of people don't remember. A lot of people don't remember the feet, the backlash that WWE got, and the fact that they hot shot it and pulled this pulled this angle when they shot something where they attacked the Undertaker, and it was a taped SmackDown, and it was supposed to air right at the same time as a terrorist thing was happening in the UK, mm. and WWE immediately pulled the thing from TV. It did make international airings, and then a week later squashed and wrote the Muhammad Hassan character off TV. And and plus prior to that, that segment, like yes. he wasn't a terrorist. He was a Muslim who was angry because he was treated like a terrorist for being a Muslim. And that yes. was the reason to justify him being evil, you know? Right. And again, we're not going to get into the fact that it was an Italian guy playing him either. Right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So to continue Max's tweet, I'm actually Jewish. I've actually gone through this. This is my real life. This is my story. And I look forward to giving, I look forward to giving catharsis to every single person who's ever been oppressed or bullied. If you think I'd play with that or take it lying down, or worst of all, 
hide from the hard conversations like a coward, you're on crazy pills. I look forward to the hard conversations this starts and creates. I look forward to people being further educated. My life's work is to stand up to any and all injustices done to people due to something as stupid as being different. To anyone that thinks this can't be done through the avenue of professional wrestling, then that's an indictment on things that have happened in the sports in the past. I look forward to bringing this sport into the present. I look forward to knocking Juice Robinson's teeth down his throat. And most of all, I look forward to getting back my title. I'm not going to call the title what he calls the title. (laughs) So, if something like this goes on TV, in the way that it's presented over several weeks, you have to get the feeling, even before this tweet, that the position that MJF is in 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 this company, that this was as much his decision to go forward with it as it was to Tony's. I don't think there's a world where Tony Khan comes up with this idea and makes Max do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a world where MJF comes with this idea and just tells Tony we're doing this and Tony lets him go. I feel as though that this was probably a collaborative effort between the two. I know nothing about MJF's personal relationship with Tony Khan or vice versa. But... At the very least, I would like to think that MJF, as the champion, as someone who's positioned in a way on TV and so on and so forth, anything that he does is something that he has either signed off on, agreed to, or has a hand in. He's not going out there and doing somebody else's business, right? Mm. So, again, is this MJF trying to deflect the heat off Tony, who again, decided to deflect the heat off himself by tweeting like a maniac over the last 48 hours? Or is this real feelings from MJF and he actually believes this? Time will tell. Maybe you're offended by this and maybe you never watch AEW again. I say, if you really were offended by this, don't send a tweet. MJF just spoke at um, an event today in regards to stand up against Jewish hate, right? Mm. Um, I've been searching for clips or any information about it online today, and it just sadly was not very well covered. Okay. And uh, listen, I had a busy day. It's my kid's birthday. I had other shit going on too, right? But I can only do so much. Um, but where I'm going with this is I can only hope that MJF is okay. So if you're offended by this and you feel this is wrong, Don't send out a tweet. Don't thumbs down a YouTube video. Don't watch the show, but put pen to paper, right? And send a letter and make your voices heard. I'm an old man, and listen, I send out tweets, and I put YouTube comments, and I'm a message board poster, and all those sort of things. Put together a letter, letter writing campaign. If you feel this strongly against what AEW... Tony Khan and MJF and Juice Robinson are all complicit in doing. Get your followers, get your subscribers, get your listeners, get your readers together, do a letter writing campaign and make your voices felt that way. I could ignore a tweet. I could mute a person. I could block a person. 
but I, I don't know if I could ignore hundreds and thousands of letters coming to my office about this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, like I said, maybe I'm looking at this differently because I'm not the oppressed group that's involved in this. Everything that's going on currently in the world, obviously, maybe the timing of this doesn't work out quite well, but who can plan for civil unrest in the entire world when you're putting together your professional wrestling entertainment storylines? But all I can say is, if you're offended, you have every right to be. If you're not offended, don't give the people that are such a hard time. Mm -hmm. This is kind of what MJF is saying. And listen, I'm defending MJF on the show. I've given MJF a lot of shit uh, on this show, right? And I've given him a lot of shit um, on Twitter. The two or three times that I've met MJF, I've said on here, he's actually a really nice guy. Um, And again, he'd probably hate anyone saying that about him. But I don't think he remembers. I remember. It is what it is. Um, But like I said, you have every right to be offended if you're offended. Um, And again, I could be eating my words and I can come out. They can come out on TV next week and like triple down on the anti-Semitism. Right. If it's vague right now and a week from now, two weeks from now, they decide to lean into it. I'll come out here and I'll I'll say I was wrong, right? Um, but again, I I have a little bit of trust in what they have planned. That's all I could say. Yeah, uh, I'll just say I much like you. Um, I I don't like I, I'm not Jewish, so I, I don't have a lot of room to comment on it. But like when the coins came out, whether it was agreed upon or not, which I assume it you know 100 agreed upon. Uh, it just felt icky. I think this is for a lack of better words. Sure. Uh, like, I'm not offended. Or, like, I'm not like, uh, oh, my God, how dare they? I, I just kind of felt like, really, we're doing this? And, you know, I saw people on Twitter being like, well, Juice Robinson's gimmick, like you said, is that he hits people with coins. And I was like, even if that was the case, that it's like, hey, he's going to do this anyways. Like, what part, like, it, let's just assume that this that there wasn't supposed to be veiled anti-Semitism as part of the gimmick, which maybe there's not, you know, but well, let's just say that it's all just a coincidence. Nobody would have thought to say, hey, maybe just this once I'm not going to do the coins gimmick as a heel. Like, again, I'm not going to go into it any further. I'll end it there. I just, when I saw it, I was like, I'm not a fan of this. I feel a little dirty, but like, Hopefully next week they just completely forget about it and we go back to just being like, hey, here's cardboard switchblade and here we're going to ride some little tricycles and be funny heels. Like I don't need to pull in this stuff. And if it's to get a conversation started, as as you alluded to, I, I, I okay, you know if that's what MJF wants, that that's his he's that's his prerogative. But uh, I, I just feel dirty. It feels icky, you know. So, but whatever. That's all I got. All right. That's all I got, too, in regards to this. Um, no homework. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, I'm on vacation, so Adam gets a week off. Yay. No pay-per-views this, no pay-per-views this weekend, so you got nothing to worry about there either. Excellent. Voicemails. So, let's get into some voicemails. 
Hey there, Joe and Adams. Joe and Jamie here. So I know it is Friday morning, and I forgot to call in this past week. Apologize for that. Um, I had a big thing happen this week. On Sunday, I started HRT. And so going off of the discussion from the, uh, the, uh, the call in from this past week, uh, yeah. So if there's uh, anyone that has the opinion um, that um, trans people are a metaphor debate, um, and the words of my one-time adoptive father, uh, you can go fuck yourself. Alrighty. Um, I'll get myself in the Discord there soon and I'll pick fights with all the rest of them. So, um, cause you can, uh, also you're on notice. Um, I got real glass. Sorry. Yeah. Wait, I'm on notice. What did I do? <laughs> you're always on notice, Adam. Oh. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm going to take this opportunity oh, to call out other JB. Like they said, they didn't call last week. And, and that's one thing. That's fine. They don't have to call every week. But you know what, Joe? They called Indie Wrestling Guide and, and had the audacity to ask that show about porn parodies. And then, then they call this show and they talk about wrestling. Like, Where's my porn parody questions? Like, this is my wheelhouse. You're wasting that question on the wrong show, other JB. Get your shit together next time. God. Now, I I would be remiss. Um, Other JB did mention uh, their adopted father, so. Yeah. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) I wasn't sure if I would put the uh, the reaction afterwards in, you know? Yeah. Um, Anyway. Uh, congratulations on the HRT. Um, obviously, you know, it's interesting of who this show reaches, um, you know, the cross section of people. And like I said, people are people and, you know, everyone is going to do what, um, feels good for them. And I don't feel what you're doing is encroaching on anything else. And I'm not speaking for Adam. I'm speaking for me. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I, I've probably met JB maybe once. I, I think our paths may have crossed ships in the night with our uh, AIW attendance. Um, and again, I'm just saying, covering that base there, maybe we met, maybe we didn't. It's been a long time, and I'm an old man. Um, but I'm I'm super proud of other JB being so open um, about everything that they're doing and that they're going through and their transition, everything else like that. And that's, that's super cool. Um, yeah, you know, and that's, uh, as an, as an old man, that's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's scary to people. Um, uh, you know, I think other JB is way younger than us, like probably half my age at the very least. Right. Yeah. Probably like a year or two younger than me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, listen, you know, I, and all I can, uh, all and the only thing I and I, if you're and I'll say this, you know, last week maybe was a little bit more harsh in regards to this sort of thing where I said like, hey, if you don't feel this way about the transgender community or any sort of marginalized community, um, you know, this is what I would say to you. Go fuck yourself. But for real, I say maybe have some empathy. You know, maybe listen, maybe think, maybe approach things with a little bit more of an open mind uh, than maybe your parents did. You know, mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah, I mean, like just like you said, like I- I'm an old. I don't understand everything. 
right. try to I try to be better. You know, like I I screw up pronouns a lot, and yeah. I feel bad about it, and, and I, I try too. to do better. And uh, what people do, like I don't care. <laughs> you know, like it, it does not affect me in any way. So why shouldn't I want them to to get what they want? You know, like what does one person you know being comfortable have anything to do with me? You yep. know, like as far as affecting it. So like. I can't stand the people that like try to like you know legislate out what people want to do, so they can all go fuck themselves. All, yeah. all the people that have a problem with that, but uh, yeah. But again, other JB like less wrestling, more porn calls, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a shot on that. That that'd be okay. <laughs> all right, next call. Next call. Hey Joe. Hey Adam. It's Matt this year. Just wanted to. Wish you guys well on a Wednesday, Thursday before Comic-Con, here Comic-Con. I'm going to be on Saturday, which should be fun. Um, I just wanted to call because we're thinking about wrestling today. And especially, like, you know, as an older fan, um, you know, I was a fan for years and, you know, became a lapsed fan and came back. And I was just thinking about, like, kids today. Like, who do they like? Do they have, like, an up-and-coming guy who's, like, the biggest baby face that people love? Because, like, it's Roman Reigns in the WWE, but it's like, he's a bad guy. Um, I guess that might be about it. Uh, I wanted to know if, you know, obviously Adam's call later when he's going to talk about all the toys he's going to buy. But is there, like, a dream New York Comic Con exclusive that, like, wrestling-wise, like, a really cool Sting or, like, Sting with a golden bat or, you know, a giant... um, Brody King, who's definitely not CM Punk on a comic book. All right, guys, you guys have a great show. Uh, FKB, bye. Oh, I don't, ha- I don't have that one on the board. I'm sorry. What was that? He said FKB. What's that was- mean? I, I'm over my head. No, when you when you listen to a- After Dark next week, you'll find out. <laughs> All right. Um, like obviously, you're, uh, Asa doesn't watch wrestling, and he never has, right? Like he's never got you begrudgingly. You, he's never gotten into it, right? He 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 would use it to try to stay up late, um, but he didn't care. It was just an excuse to stay up late uh, over the summer at Money in the Bank um, when Logan Paul was on. Nah, he was yeah. interested in that, like, and you know, I I I I think WWE is doing their best to try to. Uh, cater to that crowd by getting like internet famous people or people that are big in the real world, like Bad Bunny and stuff like that, to do stuff in uh, yeah. WWE. Yeah, but I, I would certainly say that like the one that most of the people in general today connect with is Roman Reigns. But you know, John Cena is there tentatively, but you know, I think WWE does themselves a disservice by still marketing like Stone Cold and Rock and DX vintage stuff from the Attitude Era, of course, like that was their hottest period. You know, Cody, I think, is up there, but like, you know, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm i aware that Cody has a connection, I hear Cody has the connection, but when I'm out and about, I don't see kids wearing Cody shirts. Um, okay. I see kids wearing Roman shirts and Bloodline shirts and stuff like that. Um, I, I want to, like, I ran into a kid when we were at Knobles, and I say kid, he was like, you know, like a teenager or whatever, but he was wearing an LA Night shirt, you know, and that was one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I could see in like six months, you know, LA Night shirts like everywhere. That's the dream. 
Yeah. Uh, I've talked about many times before, my friend, uh, his kid is was huge into wrestling and i would buy him wrestling figures and i'd go over there for for pay-per-views and stuff like that and when he first kind of discovered wrestling on his own it was wwe so he was a wwe fan uh his favorite wrestler and he's probably at that time like maybe eight uh his favorite wrestler was ray mysterio but he liked like the new day he liked uh trying to think like all your your bait your your super fun baby faces was who he was into. And like, I've made the joke on the show before that, like he hated Roman reigns mm-hmm. and uh, whenever Roman would win, he'd be sad. And I'd go over to him and I'd be like, acknowledge me. And he'd, he'd almost cry. <laughs> so uncle of the year award. But as he got older, I got him to start watching AEW and he pretty much loves everybody. So it's hard. Like he likes Orange Cassidy. He likes Eddie Kingston because I'll be like, oh, here's a picture of your Uncle Adam with Eddie Kingston or Orange Cassidy or something. So like he has it on his mind that like these are friends of Adams, you know, so he likes them more. But like everybody down to like the Young Bucks or like, you know, uh, just anybody on the card, you know, any luchador wearing a mask he loves. So it's kind of like a more blanket love of the the promotion now. But I will say in the last, like his father told me in the last, like maybe couple months, he won't watch wrestling. Oh, he's just, uh, on his PlayStation, on his tablet, uh, bunch of AEW shows built up on the DVR that he just won't get to. So, and I think he's like close to, you know, 11 now. So I think we might've lost one, Joe. Eh, that's all right. It yeah. happens. But uh, um, Dream oh. uh, New York Comic Con exclusive? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, neither one of us is going to New York Comic Con, so this is an interesting question for us. But um, I, I don't like exclusives, especially if they're, like, hard to get. You know, like, if it's a one of 3,000 or less AEW fig, like that Brody from two years ago that I did buy, which was a San Diego, but... Uh, because uh, I, I hate paying lots of money for a figure if I don't have to. Sure. But did you see, I think it was not New York Comic Con, but it was for New York Toy Fair this past year, that there was like a Brody Lee figure that was supposed to be given away at Toy Fair, but they scrapped it. But one of them showed up on eBay. No. So I knew there was one. They had mentioned on the 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 Broski, the Broski and Hawkins show yep. that it was like maybe like fantasy gear or something. Is that the one? So it, it was actually brought up on MajorPod uh, that like somebody bought it on eBay, and I couldn't find the listing even when it was freshly like news. Um, and somebody was like, I don't know if this is real. I'm just taking a chance on it. And I think it said like one of five hundred or something like that, or one of a hundred. It was a really low number. And they bought it, and it was mentioned on Major Pod, and they're like, oh, I, can't, I don't know if it's real. I've never heard of this. Like, I didn't know it was a thing. And then, like, the next week on the pod, I think Brian mentions it very quickly, and it's not, like, acknowledged by either of the two hosts. That, like, he, he reached out to Jeremy, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's real. Like, Jeremy Padauer. Right, right. It was, like, a really, fi- a really made figure that just they just didn't, like – uh, release or whatever uh and then like one of them fell off the truck or something like that and like the fact that that exists gives me like gives me the shakes because uh i'll probably never own it because where's the i don't know if it was 500 or 100 or whatever but where's the other 499 of them or where's the other 99 of them right uh, 
So, like, I hate con exclusives, man, because they, like, if I can't get them, it ruins me. Uh, what about you, Joe? Um, I think, uh, um, you know, being that we do, and Matt did say he's going to be there on Saturday. Um, I heard Thursday was crazy busy today, too, from everyone that was there. Um, so I can only imagine what Saturday is going to be like. So, you know, be safe. Keep your eye out for Todd. Um, and Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy 2-pack is my dream exclusive. <laughs> Um, maybe in their old Chikara gear, like as a luminary set, you know, uh, Eddie in the, uh, white trash bags, uh, for the wild card gear. And I don't know, did Orange Cassidy have any other different gear in Chikara that I could think of? I don't think so. Like, no, I don't think so either. It's always just the jeans and yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, uh, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston figures. Sure. I'll try to buy every one of them. Like, off topic, but on topic, like that new Eddie Kingston shop AEW exclusive that was just like leaked over the last yes. couple of days with the blood in the gas tank. Holy shit. Like I take back everything I said. If that was a hundred dollar retail price, I'll buy it. Yeah. Know? Oh my God. But, um, I don't know. Like I'm not a, like, I feel like I buy a lot of con exclusives because I'm an addict. Uh, True. but, I don't want there to be any that I want. Like there are no New York comic con Funkos that I want. I'm very happy about that. And there's like one or two comics that like, eh, if I can get them cheap, I'll get them. But if I don't, I I don't care, you know? So there's nothing that I need and I'm happy about that. Yeah. And you, you had mentioned the only thing I'm really looking forward to is the, um, toxic Avenger Funko pop. Yeah, but like, I, but I that's a that's, shared. Ex- yeah, that you you yeah. told me that's a shared exclusive. You know. Yeah, I've been keeping my eye out. I'll, I'll find that at a Target any day now. Right. So that's not that bad. All right. Next call. Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. This is Brett. Um, currently driving to DJ's house, so if I scream obscenities, don't mind me. Uh, that new trailer for the Von Eric movie looks pretty fucking cool. Um, my favorite story is probably April watching the world class uh, DVD with you, Joe. Never, never fails to make me smile. Um, with that said, there was one shot of the Sportatorium, and it looked so cool. And I was wondering, are there any venues like that you have bucket list wise that you'd want to see wrestling at? Uh, mine, obviously, is like Corrigan Hall at the Budokan and Tokyo Dome, but Adam's already been there, so it doesn't matter <laughs> to him. Um, but wrestling venues, I feel like, you have a little personality anymore. Um, so is there any bucket list ones you have or any ones that are your favorite? Um, other than that, Joe, safe travels. Uh, happy Meatloaf weekend, and uh, let's go Phils. Yeah, go Phillies. I I almost thought I'm a Phillies fan now. If it was if it was anyone other than Brett, I'd be like, did he just say go Bills? Hmm. Aren't they mathematically eliminated as well at this point? No, not yet. Okay. Um, I, I've always said this before, and I, I will never get this opportunity. I don't care that the building's still technically there, but I'll never get a chance to see a match at the ECW Arena, and that makes me sad. Yeah, you know. Uh, just because they're like the buildings there and they have a mural and there's a cheesesteak place around the corner. Like none of that counts in my mind, you know? Yeah. My favorite venue is those memories of going to ECW shows like 95 to 97 before they painted the floor for the pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, 
but I I never saw wrestling at Madison Square Garden. And like I wouldn't want to go to like TV or a pay-per-view because they make TV and pay-per-view look the same. Um, but I'd love to go to an MSG house show that it looks like MSG, like the MSG that I saw for WrestleMania one or the MSG that I saw in like countless house shows that were aired on the MS, the, the MSG network. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that, that would be the one bucket list that I want to go to see wrestling there. Um, like I, I remember back again, pre two point globe pre pandemic. Like I used to always say, like, I'd love to go to an NXT show at full sale. Like that mm-hmm. looked like it was a great time. Um, and as Brett mentioned, yes, I've gone to all the big venues in Japan. Those are all, you know, ho-hum. <laughs> nobody cares. But uh, you know what I kind of want? Like, it'll never happen because I believe the building is now owned by, like, one of the local colleges. But, like, I'd love to see a wrestling show at the CYC again. The, um, So it is owned by one of the colleges. The last time that they ran anything there was, like, 2005 or 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I joke around all the time when over the summer, when double J was spearheading the AEW house shows and stuff, I'm like Kingston Armory. Yeah. They would pack that building. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know if CYC ever did a show again. I'd love to see another show at the CYC. You know, I'd have countless shows there. Same. Like that was my first, uh, like multiple first wrestling shows, probably my first four or five, like were all house shows of of WWF until I started going to, you know, ECW shows. And then I saw a bunch of ECW shows there, you know? So it's like, I don't care if it's AEW, if it's, you know, GCW, if it's a shindy, like, I just want to see a wrestling show there, you know? Yeah. That'd be cool as hell. Yeah. And I didn't want, Oh, and I didn't watch the Von Eric, uh, iron club movie trailer. Um, I'm, I'm going to see the movie. I want to see the movie. If it's something I like, I get you want to see like, oh, my God, what does everyone look like? You know, and it's Mm -hmm. one thing usually for a special effects bonanza or like, oh, there's going to be a spoiler in there. It's a it's a documentary. It's like a dramatization of the Von Erich's life. So there's not going to be any real spoilers. But even before I got a chance to watch it, everybody already had it all clipped up online. So I haven't watched the trailer like I haven't clicked the YouTube link to watch it from beginning to end. But I've seen all the stills and the clips and everything from it as it's almost as though I've seen it. Right. Yeah. I'm normally a void trailer guy as well, but I don't even know if I'll see the movie to be honest with you. So I don't. Well, yeah, it's it's an A24, so it's like kind of art housey. Whether or not we even get it around here is going to be another story. But I'm going to do what I can to go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next call. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Kevin Helling, not Kevin Ford who you can hear on the latest episode of Conversations with Joe if you sign up for the Patreon. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be catching up on my Patreon listening uh, next week because rumor is there's not going to be certain podcasts next week. There is. So I plan on playing catch-up. Thinking about why there isn't a podcast next week, if there was a wrestling-themed amusement park in Florida what would be the name of your favorite ride at that park? Something wrestling themed, of course. I don't know. Mr. Kennedy's wild ride. Something like that. That's my doofy question for this week. Already got the Patreon plug in. Gentlemen, 
Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. He's talking about major land. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a bit, yeah. Um, can I can I get like a, a some type of ride themed to a uh, hold on? I gotta hit mute on the device next to me. Uh, uh, can I get a theme ride based around Alexa Bliss? No. Why not? Um, maybe <laughs> like a hall of like Alexa's failed gimmicks over time. You take that back. She had one failed gimmick. Okay. Wasn't she like a cheerleader initially? That failed in my eyes. <laughs> she was with Blake and Murphy too. That was cool as hell. Um, I don't know. All my things would be greasy. Do you, what do you got, Joe? I do. So this is actually something I've thought about, and of course it is. You know, it's WWE, right? They're the ones that would be doing a theme park, and you know, WWE Disney is kind of like the parallels that you would do. Um. I want Undertaker's Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, Undertaker is the the guide on it, right? And he takes you through a history of all the spooky, scary g- characters from all of professional wrestling. Okay. You'd have, like, your, your early mankind. You'd have Kane. You'd have, like, The Fiend. You'd have, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And WWE owns everything anyway. Like, anyone who would be even, like, remotely scary. Like, you could throw, like, a Black Scorpion in there. You could throw an Abdul the Butcher in there, right? Yeah. Um, You know, Kamala. Those sort of things. Like, anything that was, like, remotely, like, a scary character <laughs> would the be... Dungeon the Dungeon of Doom room. <laughs> yeah, Dungeon of Doom people. Ministry of Darkness people. You know, Midian and Viscera. You know, they all get a payday, right? Yeah. <laughs> For likeness rights at the uh, Undertaker's Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Alright. No, I like that. Not as good as the... Uh... Like the Alexa Bliss teacup ride or whatever. Yeah, Alexa Alexa uh, Alexa Bliss's Hall of Grease. <laughs> Why are the walls greasier at the end of the day than at the beginning? Anyway, next call. All right. Well, it's pink button time. All right. It's Young Ed. Here's his first call. Hey, Young Adam. It's Ed. Um. I met the boogeyman. I think some people saw him and me in the same frames on Fight TV, and that is pretty cool. Um, so have you seen that clip where he makes his entrance right beside me? Uh, mm-hmm. What they don't pick up on, because they didn't go to the hard camper or whatever, uh, is that when he comes out, he looks directly at me, and all I said was, oh, no. Um, because I don't, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that man to interact with me on, on his entrance. I wouldn't know what to fucking do. Um, and it would have been one of the most, uh, awful experiences of my life, to be honest. I wouldn't know. I would probably just look at him and be like, please don't do this to me. Um, but I did meet him after that at intermission. And, uh, I didn't meet him at the, the first meet and greet. That line was very long and I was nervous. He was very chatty. Um, and I don't really have, like, he's my favorite wrestler. I don't have anything to say to him, though. Like, he's a fictional character. It's like, it's honestly like meeting someone, like, in a SpongeBob costume. <laughs> like, when you're, like, when you're a kid, like, hey, meet and greet with SpongeBob. And it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. They're, they're, neither of them are real. Um, but 
Uh, I did it, and I met him after intermission, and that was really quick. I was the first person in line. He was he was he seemed gassed, so he he was ready to go. Uh, so I met him, and I gave him a worm that he dropped uh, in front of me. I gave it back to him. I said, "Here you go. You dropped this," and he said, "Thank you. I'll put that in my worm bag." And then he put it in his worm bag, and we took a picture. And it was really great. Um. But I guess that's it. I never have to go to wrestling ever again because it'll never get better than that for me. Um, I was giddy. It was good stuff. Adam, what's up with losing to the, the worst team in your fantasy, in the fantasy football? What's up with that? I thought you were good at this stuff. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, Adam, what's up with that? Um, I, I lost. It happened. I mean, uh, it, it stings that it happened, uh, to be against the guy who drafted a kicker in like the third round, who clearly demonstrates that he has no idea what he's doing in fantasy football, but I got, I got beat. We were recording last Thursday. And when we got off the air, I looked at the score and I shit you not, I was down by at least 80 points after the Thursday night game. So I had no chance. So uh, good for you, Tim. Congrats on winning your Super Bowl. And uh, it's on to next week. I'm playing DeWiki currently. And uh, uh, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to smash DeWiki, except for the fact that uh, Patrick Mahomes is playing the worst defense in the history of the NFL. And he only has a touchdown, so I'm pretty sure he's pretty overrated, and uh, I regret taking him. So I take it back. Maybe I'm going to lose to DeWiki this week. I don't know. So, uh, Adam, glad you got to meet the boogeyman. I know you yeah, said 100%. that he's he, he's your favorite wrestler, and you can you don't have to go to wrestling anymore. What if Thorn books Mick Foley? What if Thorn books Kikitaro? What if B- Thorn books Biomonster DNA? What if Thorn books one of those twinks from Gleet that you're so much a fan <laughs> of? What are you going to do then? You have to go back to wrestling then, right? Yeah, what if uh, it's like twice, but like they're obviously on the downswing of their career many years from now. you know? And I have the picture of Ed uh, and Boogeyman together saved on my phone. Uh, okay. It's in the same folder as all my Vince Russo fo- pictures. <laughs> uh, Ed's getting to the point where he's going to need his own separate folder on my phone. Which usually is a bad thing, but in this case, it's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the tweet that Ed put out, that there was uh, somebody who had replied to Ed who thought that he was Billy Starks. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I don't, know to, I, don't know, I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, but yeah, I saw the pictures. Ed looked very happy. He looked, yes. Uh, uh, you could tell genuine, genuine happiness on his face. So uh, despite him uh, ghosting my attempts to get in contact with him for a podcast and despite him rubbing salt in the wound of my one and only fantasy football loss this season, I am still happy when he's happy. And I will say Ed did message me. And this is something that I've been experience, experiencing lately where, like, I won't get the notification on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um of a dm that comes through and like it'll buzz but i won't get like the little thing at the top of my phone and it'll just like arbitrarily happen with the way that twitter works with my phone these days well, don't try making excuses for ed i'm sure he's got um, another call, though. yeah all right he does have one more call this is the last call of the night hey joe and adam it's ed um one last thing. Hey, I saw on Twitter that Cl- 
of like Paul Heyman sitting in a chair talking to the rock shitty kid from NXT. <laughs> um, and uh, this isn't about how Heyman is very fat now. It, definitely three grunts and two rocks get out of there. Uh, this isn't about that though. This is about the rock shitty kid, my second favorite wrestler in WWE, right behind Bad Bunny. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the rock shitty kid has the same thing that The Rock did when he first started where they have dumb faces. You know what I mean? Like, Babyface 1996 Rock, he had a dumb face, right? Like, his resting face was dumb. And by the time he got, like, real over, he stopped having that dumb face. But The Rock City Kid also has that resting dumb face where they just look very fucking dumb. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean when I talk about it with The Rock in 96? Because I can picture it perfectly, and I'm worried no one knows what I'm talking about. That he just had a dumb fucking face that he would make a lot. It was just his face. He just, it's, I don't know if it's when he was thinking about what he needed to do next. He just had a really dumb face, and that's how The Rock City Kid's uh, face always is. And I just wondered if you think The Rock City Kid will also learn to grow out of that, or, or is The Rock City Kid just doomed? I know from, like, an in-ring aspect, like, because she, she's honestly one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen. I love her. I love watching <laughs> the Rock City Kid matches. Uh, they're so fucking fun. Uh, she has a scorpion kick, and it looks like shit. It's, she's <laughs> perfect. But specifically about her dumb face, you think she's going to quit doing that? You think her dad will teach her how to not have that dumb face anymore? Okay, bye, what if John Thorne books the rock shaking kid? <laughs> um, I. Okay, so this is where Ed and I are going to part ways, and I think this is speaks <gasps> volumes for me. I don't know what he's talking about with the rock's dumb uh, resting face. Even when he came out as Rocky Maivia, like the hair was stupid. The outfit that he was wearing was stupid, but like he always had like a cool like facial look to him and like when he started to cut promos I'm like oh this guy has a cool voice right and he did a northern light suplex so he's okay by me right like mm. I, I wasn't chanting die Rocky die it was just like I just didn't care you know so I, I need Ed to tweet at me pictures <laughs> examples of this dumb resting face that he claims The Rock had at one point see I love The Rock and I can't explain what Ed is saying, but for some reason I understand it. Like, oh, I can no. close my eyes and I can kind of picture what he's saying. But I, I, there's no way I can articulate it for you. All right. I need examples I still, of this. I still love yeah. the Never done anything bad. Never lost. Uh, he's <laughs> lost a couple times. He's <laughs> lost a couple times. Um, so, hey, uh, a couple ways you could support the show. Thank you very much for everyone who called in. Um you can use our promo code at odds when you go sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Uh, new subscriber, you don't get anything free, but it lets Jerry know you came to him from us. And we get a little bit of a kickback if you keep your subscription with all the stuff that they got going on over there. Um, T Public sale is going on until Friday night. Uh, 35% off all designs uh, inspired by this show, soon to be named Network. Uh, Final Wrestling Place, Long Bucks Heroes, Long Bucks Heroes After Dark, and so forth. Uh, you can also support us by making any and all of your purchases through our eBay affiliate link. 
When you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. And, of course, at OddsWrestling.com, everything is linked up there, and most notably our Patreon, which is Patreon.com, at OddsWrestling. Patreon.com slash at OddsWrestling. Uh, go check that out. Bunch of bonus shows there. Uh, whatever Adam has planned will be streamed there because I don't have time to teach him how to post stuff on the WordPress site <laughs> before I leave on vacation. Um, so you just have to trust us. Um, yeah. What else we got? Yeah. Like you said, I'm going to put uh, the conversations with Adam uh, on the Patreon, but it will be there for free. So uh, anybody who is not a Patreon, first of all, shame on you, but you will be able to listen to it if you were so inclined. But you can also listen to these podcasts, Joe, and those are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hi Abussy, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. I tell so, you what, Patrick Mahomes can use some anabolic steroids right now. This guy stinks. So I played that clip and this clip. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. For my kid this week, and he thought they were the funniest <laughs> things he's ever heard in his entire life. <laughs> oh, smart kid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was like he he's been infatuated with the existence of steroids for a while. <laughs> um, like he just thinks that like in like even listen, hang on, let me let me so let me let me play this. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Is this because you bought Asa like baby's first steroid kit? No, no. <laughs> so we we're coming home from dinner tonight and he had his buddy with him and I don't even know how the hell it came up. We we're just talking about dumb shit or whatever it was. And he mentions to his buddy, he goes, do you know what edibles are? <laughs> he goes, edibles are drugs. <laughs> and me and my wife are just looking at each other like, I don't know where the kid gets it from, you know. <laughs> um, but again, he's aware of drugs. Mm. He's fascinated by the concept of drugs. But I think like He's too much of a, and again, listen, I, I was, I'm, I'm him at his age, and I was him at that age. He's too much of a nerd, I would say, to get drugs. Uh huh. And he's got no money, so again, <laughs> so I, and this will just, this is my stand-up bit, and then I'll let you get into purchases because I didn't buy nothing, right? All right. So there's been the uh, urban, urban legend of people putting like drugs in Halloween candy, right? Sure. Drugs are expensive. Even if you're a drug dealer, you still have to pay money for them. So I'm going to buy it's a marketing candy. thing, though. Was that? It's a marketing investment, though. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to buy candy, which is a cost to me. I'm yeah. going to buy drugs, which is a cost to me. I'm going to put that drugs on the candy, and I'm going to give the candy away to trick-or-treaters for free. 
So I'm already at a ne- negative, and you're saying it's a marketing thing, right? <laughs> Unless I'm putting my address on that candy bar that's going to a bag, and those kids don't know where that candy came from. Sure, but you could conceivably be like giving them like that taste, that first taste. And okay. It, and while they don't know that you are the local dealer, um, eventually when they're looking for their fix, they're going to find you. Or they're going to be like, I've never had a Zagnut bar before. <laughs> this Zagnut bar is making me feel things I've never felt before. Obviously, it's been laced with drugs. Let me go see if there's any drug dealers around, or I'm going to go down to the 7-Eleven and buy myself a Zagnut bar. Well, that's why you need to diversify your portfolio and also own local convenience stores. All right, see? <laughs> I'm workshopping this. I'm workshopping. Yeah, Marcus, let us know how young is too young for steroids. Call there us you. next. Yeah, they have to be – I think they have to be out of puberty. Um, but anyway. All right. Um so you didn't buy anything, Joe? Nothing, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, scrimping. I'm scrimping and saving because I'm going on vacation. I leave uh, Saturday night, and uh, I don't know. I'm gonna buy shit on vacation, maybe. I don't know. I get that, but you couldn't pull the trigger on a five dollar Dusty Rhodes Funko Pop that I sent no. you. But you're, it's like that's it's never gonna be cheaper than that. That's okay. I'm good. I <sighs> buy the dude love one. No, I'm good. I don't need him. It just, that just doesn't make any sense to me. To you? Um, yes, to me. I know. Uh, all right. Uh, so I'm going to be relatively quick. Uh, I did buy a bunch of stuff. Not any, like, big ticket items. But uh, I did buy that Dude Love Funko Pop for $5 from the Amazon, like, Prime Day thingy. Uh, just because I had the Mankind and the Cactus Jack. But for some reason, I was like, no, nah, I don't need the Dude Love. And then I realized that that doesn't make any sense. So I bought that. Um. Also from the Amazon sale, I bought a McFarlane Page Turners John Constantine figure because it was only $9. And I was like, I like John Constantine. I'll buy it for 9 bucks. And the first one I got was like torn apart at the top, so I had to order a replacement. So that's on its way. And I also bought, I found in the wild, finally, a Target Legends Mr. Perfect figure, which was the only one from that line that I wanted. Yeah, like I said, I, I know people were talking that they weren't seeing the perfect. Um, yeah, and then finally the just Greg this week Valentine you found it. Yeah, yeah, the Great Valentine was hard to find too until I think DJ found a couple because Brett wanted one. Um, I also got shout out to uh, the subject of the latest conversations with Joe, Kevin Ford, my favorite indie wrestling commentator. I don't think I said that recently. What? Uh, I, I haven't said it in a while because, you know, he's been such a Joe Sposto yes man that, like, <laughs> you know, it's been tough to give him his flowers. But uh, he hooked me up with, from the most recent AEW crate, uh, the Daddy Ass Micro Brawler. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah, so I, I bought that off of him. I think it arrives tomorrow. I'm not sure. But I have the acclaimed ones already. And I don't know if you saw it, but, like, uh, Billy Gunn is doing the scissor fingers on both sides. And then if you were to open them, which I never will, but the acclaimed guys are doing scissors, so you can do like a scissor train. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I also bought today, and I kind of regret buying it, but I kind of did it just because I, I knew I can sell it if I didn't want it, if that makes sense, because it was uh, like a good price, and I had a promo code. And I knew they were going to sell out, and I'm pretty sure they did. But if you remember a couple months ago, they started putting up for pre-order 
the McFarlane Toys Batman Spawn 2-pack. Did you ever see that box set? Yeah. So there was a New York Comic Con-ish exclusive, and I say ish because it wasn't available at the con. You can only buy it on the website. Uh, one of 1,500 box set that was uh, comes with like an autographed Todd McFarlane little place card. So it's like the autographed edition. Sure, and okay. It's it's only twenty dollars more than the normal box set of the two figures, and I had like a coupon code that got me like free. Sh- it was like twenty percent off, so it got me free shipping and a couple extra bucks off of it. Um, so like I like Batman and I like toys. I'm not a huge Spawn guy, but I like numbered toys, and I don't own anything autographed by Todd McFarlane, so. Uh, I'm like, I'll buy this, you know, just because I happen to catch the on sale notification. And if I don't want it, like after I get it, I'll just flip it, you know? Okay. All right. No comments, anything like that? Just okay. No, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like I said, I, I, I would have passed on that, you know? Yeah. Um, I get you, um, you know, the having the McFarlane autograph thing in there is maybe the thing that would push you over the top, but. Yeah, like I said, you know, he's no the Rob, but you know, yeah, he's no the Rob, <laughs> sure. Um, you know, even after multiple lawsuits, um, Todd owns at least like ninety seven percent of the characters created. He created, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, it, I don't know. Like, if it was as like, it should have been like an Azrael Batman and like armored spawn or something for you, you know? Yeah, that well, then I would have bought two, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I'm almost done, but I'm going to be quick with this. But uh, th- I bought this two weeks ago, and I didn't mention it two weeks ago because I was worried that I was not going to get it. Um, in the major group, somebody put up a bunch of w- WWE elites from like maybe five plus years ago, and he had like large quantities of each character. And you can tell that they all had like five below stickers on them or Ollie stickers on them. So sure. he got them, you know, he bought them for five, six, eight bucks, whatever, sat on them for a couple of years and now he's selling them and whatever. I respect the hustle. I would do the same thing. <clears throat> uh, but one of the figures that he was selling and he had multiple, he had probably like a stack of like eight or nine of them was from Elite 47. And keep in mind, we're at like Elite 105 by now, but Ooh. so Elite 47 uh, flying Brian Pillman figure. Oh, okay. And it's the WCW. It actually has a WCW logo on the side of it. He has like a white shirt with like the acid washed, like flying Brian on it. Um, and like the tassels. So it's like, you know, it's pre Hollywood blondes, baby face, Brian Pillman. And I'm like, I don't own this. It was on my eBay, like save search. And they usually go for like 60 to 65 bucks. You know, like in, in nice condition. And the guy had a giant stack of them, like probably, like I said, like eight or nine of this figure. And he wanted 45 ship for it. So I, I sent him a message and I was like, hey, out of that pile, is there like one or two of them that are like in really nice shape? And he said, yeah, there's a couple of them that are mint. If you want one, like I'll make sure you get the best one. I'm like, OK, no problem. Here's my 45 bucks. And I pay him. Never hear from him again. Like, I don't I don't hear a response to the fact that I even paid him like, okay, got it, whatever. You're like, what's your address? Anything like that. I just paid him the money. And then the next day I messaged him was like, hey, uh, we good. You get the payment. Nothing. 
The next day he responds. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I got the message. I thought I responded to you. No problem. It'll go out tomorrow. I'm like, okay, no big deal. You know, didn't see his message. So the next day comes. I don't get like a tracking or a message from him. The next day comes. I message him. Hey, man, can I get that tracking? No response. Next day, next day, the next day. So at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I, I've lost 45 bucks. Um, so I message one of the admins on the 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 major pod website. Uh, I could say it's Billy Pack. He handles this stuff. And I was like, hey, man, are you who I'm supposed to reach out to if I have a problem? And it's not like he can get me my money back, you know, but at least it's I want to just to flag guy. someone to say, like, hey, buyer beware. Yeah. And prior to me actually reaching out to Billy, I actually looked at the post that this guy did and I saw like a bunch of other people claim things. And two of them are people that I've dealt with before, whether it be buying or selling stuff. So I messaged them and I was like, hey, have you, you know, did you buy this? And did you ever get a tracking? And one of them's like, you know, come to think of it, I never did get a tracking, you know, like, so it was multiple people that I was in discussions with. Uh, so I messaged Billy Peck. He's like, OK, no problem. Give me the information. I'll, I'll try to reach out to the guy. And the next day, the seller was like, oh, hey, sorry, I was in the hospital. I'm sorry. I tried to get back to you. But the funny thing is, I'm like, okay, maybe that's the case and maybe that happened. But like, much like I, I was jokingly making fun that like Ed didn't get back to me, but he's on Twitter all day. Uh, this guy, if you go in Facebook Messenger, it says like, you know, he's online now. He was online 15 minutes ago or whatever. So if he was in the hospital, which I don't believe, uh, he was on his phone or on Facebook Messenger and like at least reply, hey, like a week ago that. You know, I'm laid up. I can't ship the stuff out, you know? Right. So he does eventually get me a tracking number and he ships it and he sends what is quite possibly the most beat up Brian Pillman <laughs> figure that you'll ever see in your lifetime. Uh, so I don't even have a picture of it. Uh, I'm like, it's not like there's a fucking return policy. So I'm like, I just have it, you know, <laughs> like, uh, so I, I, I messaged Billy Pack and I'm like, well, I got it. Uh, he shipped it to me. It was a terrible experience. I'm blocking the guy so that I don't ever accidentally buy something from him again. But there you uh, go. I thanked him for his help. You know, so anybody's looking for a Lucy Brian Tillman <laughs> WCW figure, hit me up. I can get you a good deal on it. But uh, that was my uh, my drama from the past, like, like I said, almost the last ten days of dealing with this. So I have to ask, like, how many times has this happened where? there's been some sort of issue with buying something from someone from the major group. Um, this was the only one where I've ever had to get an admin involved. Right. And this is also, I would say the only time where I've, it's I, I've ever like, I'm blocking this guy. Uh, I've had people where they're like, Hey, I'm going to ship it tomorrow. And then I'll be like the next day, like, Hey, can I get a tracking? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I could, I couldn't get to the post office. I'm going to do it tomorrow. You know, and the people, sometimes drag their feet, but at least they're responding. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but I I've never had, like, I've never not gotten something like where I've paid and then just got ghosted. So like knock on wood on that. Uh, but this was the closest that I've ever gotten to feeling like it was about to happen. You know, gotcha. I, I'd say 99% of the transactions are flawless, you know? Mm. I, I wish, and obviously it's a Facebook group, so there's no way to do that. Um, I wish there was a way that in the Toy Boys Facebook group, they could do like a eBay seller rating type system. Yeah. You know, that people have like that sort of number next to them. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, one thing you look at people and you see like, okay, how long have they been in the group? You know, have, have they like sold multiple things to multiple people? You know, like, uh, like the one or two times I bought a big ticket item, like when I bought the Kurt Hawkins debut vest, right? You know, that was not cheap, and that was through the the Facebook group. But I, I asked the guy, "Can I pay uh, you know, goods and services?" And he was like, "No problem," you know. But like, you know, a forty five dollar fig or twenty dollar fig here or whatever, uh, you just pay friends and family, and you hope for the best. And I've, you know, luckily I've never been bit, but this was a close one. You yeah. Know? And the other thing I'll mention is, um, I guess a bunch of other people were buying these or getting these as well. You said the guy had a ton. Um, I was wondering why I was seeing some of my mutuals talking about the shirt that Pillman's wearing on that figure within the last like week or so on social media. Okay. And great follow on social media, WCW Worldwide, uh, kind of an archivist for a lot of old WCW stuff. Um, that is not a real shirt. That's not a real Pillman merch shirt. It's a Makina mashup. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. yeah, like, he did, like, if you go find, I can't find the thread right now, but if you go look through, like, it's been, like, maybe, like, since Sunday, right? He mm-hmm. did, like, a full breakdown of, like, the three different shirts that they took stuff from to make that figure shirt. Huh, Okay. Yeah, like he's going through like old WCW merch catalogs. He's I'm going to through, find it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, but he matched it up. He's like, this is the picture, but it has a different background. This background is from this shirt that has this different picture. The logo that says Flying Brian is from a third shirt. You know, and like it's just crazy how he dissected that merch shirt, as you say, in a figure that's you know however many years old it is. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's probably at least five years old or six years old, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and one last thing I did purchase last night, and I saved this for last, because, Joe, I feel like with you getting your sad Scotty Flamingo figure yes. from Zombie Sailor this past week, which we can finally stop that countdown clock. But over here at the house van, uh, we still do not have our Johnny Gargano, no. But we are diving in, and we pre-ordered which they say will be in our hands in January, I ordered the Smart Mark Sterling New York Comic Con uh, retro figures, both the one of 1,200 and the one of 500. So I have another another Zombie Sailor email that I can, I can hold on to and hope for the best. Right, so I have it here, and this is like, so this is what's out there, um, right? So as we well, have here, so, okay, it, so what's coming up? So Bastion Booger... Sure. Johnny Gargano are allegedly on route, right? Yeah, and I, I guess the booger is like here, just like the Pettengill and the Smart Mark, but I could be wrong about that. Right. Uh, the Broski uh, Nick Gage one is soon ish, right? Yeah, I think uh, we'll be available to order soon ish. Right. Um, this weekend is the Todd Pettengill and Smart Mark Sterlings, right? Yep. And then the next set technically is One Man Gang Slick, uh, Hercules, Paul Roma, and Jack Tunney, like that middle row there off that sheet that I have up on the screen. Correct. Okay. Unless Hercules and Paul Roma come as a two-pack, I'm done. Which I would not be surprised if they, you know, if they do. Like, like I, it's, I think... it's two figures on one card is what yeah. I mean. 
Yeah. I, I think that that's been discussed as the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, because, it, you know, to have it look like a, a Hasbro, obviously. A Hasbro two-pack. Yeah. And listen, I love Chris Candido, but if that's the Chris Candido we're getting, that's kind of like a plain nothing happening Chris Candido. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this here on the show. Give me a Shane Douglas. Give me a Bam Bam Bigelow. Give me a Francine. And I got that Chris Candido. Sure. Yeah. Like, I like if 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 there's a chance I'm only getting a Candido, I, I, I'll pass. If if you're telling me I'm getting a triple threat, we'll talk. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I ordered the two smart marks. I got in on the the early offering that they had last night for the the Facebook group. So that was cool. Um, and did you see? I guess it's not Rush because it'll actually come out. Um, I think the figures toy company, whoever made the Chelsea uh, just unveiled like that. They have a Bobby Heenan coming out. Yeah. And the red and jacket. Like, yeah. And a sparkly jacket. I'm like, Oh, I need that now. So yeah, I was going to, I was going to message you about it, but I'm like, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a toy. He found out. About it, it's, it. <laughs> it's a Bobby Heenan toy. Adam absolutely saw this. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I'll have to get that when that goes up for pre-order too. But uh, like I said, two more uh, zombie, uh, pre-orders to add to my email list right we are officially at i think and i said it in the discord but uh for some reason some people aren't in there uh december 14th so in two days it'll be the 10 month anniversary of my gargano pre-order well listen uh sad scotty flamingo came in at 11 and a half months yeah uh the brian myers series one heels and faces came in at like 13 months almost to the day um, so you still got a little time. <laughs> so you said, how long was sad Scotty Flamingo? 11 months, 11 and a half, 11 and a half. Um, so e- even if was... this is like 11 and a quarter, it would technically be an improvement, right? Correct. All right. <laughs> we, we, we're whittling down like a week here, two weeks <laughs> there. You know, I would recommend lighting a candle for fig daddy. Cool to make this happen, but I don't want it that bad. Okay. <laughs> But that's all I got, Joe. All right, that's all I got, too. Um, You know, we got stuff coming out of the feeds this week. Um, As Adam mentioned, it won't be on um, this RSS feed, but, you know, just like Sports Talk and other things as well, uh, patreon.com slash at odds wrestling. Whatever Adam is doing for tentatively titled Conversations with Adam (laughs) will be up there for free. You could listen to it there. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I'll be interested to see. I'm going to, I'll have, a, like, one of the things being on vacation, like, I'm going to have, like, a backlog of podcasts to come back to, you know? Well, I hope whatever it is that I do is the first thing you listen to when you get back. Oh, uh, well, there's not an episode think, of Hayabusi. Uh, right. I don't think there'll be another episode of Hayabusi. Um, I think the uh, part two of the Todd Gordon uh, Between the Sheets Patreon is going to come, come out, like, after I'm back from vacation. So. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, depends on who the guest is. <laughs> All right. We'll see. All right, Joe, go on vacation. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for your continued support and interaction and everything else like that. This was episode 263 of at odds with wrestling for Adam. This is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.